It's marketing malpractice to put all of your eggs in one digital basket. Just as if you put all your eggs in one basket and it doesn't work and you're a attorney, you're like, this isn't going to work. This thing of marketing is horrible or this agency or this company is not doing the right thing. No, you know, folks need to be hit in multiple ways. Meeting the customers where they are, sometimes literally, is essential to a digital marketing strategy that attracts the right leads. If you are doing any form, <laughs> any form of digital or offline advertising, not even just geofencing, you have to have a site retargeting, omni-channel site retargeting strategy in play. I don't care if you are doing $500 a month, I could care less. You have to have something because if you think about all the work that you might be doing with Chris and his team or anybody else that's doing SEO or Google ads, site retargeting helps make all of your marketing work that much smarter. You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, where we give you the tools you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level. Since 2015, Justin Croxton has been the go-to guy for geofencing, advertising, and omni-channel media marketing. CEO of Atlanta-based Propellant Media, Justin is an Inc. 5000 entrepreneur and helps get personal injury lawyers directly in front of accident victims. I sat with Justin to understand the massive impact geotargeting can have on revenue, budgeting, and the recipe for success in omni-channel marketing. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the top of your game is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Justin Croxton, CEO and managing partner at Propellant Media. I graduated from Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, started working in commercial real estate back in 2005 worked in commercial real estate for six years, decided it was time for me to go back to business school, ended up going to Stern School of Business up in New York, was there for about two years, um, full-time program. And while I was there, I really got sort of fascinated with the entire digital marketing space. So instead of like going into investment banking or, you know, getting a law degree or anything of that nature, I said, you know, I'm going to start my own digital practice. So at the time it was called Q Commerce. But since I moved back to Atlanta, I formed an agency with a larger group of guys that is now called Propellant Media. And as you can imagine, you know, Chris, it's it's tough, you know, being an agency. You're just trying to figure out how can I be different? <laughs> and you guys have, have uh, rankings.io, y'all been incredibly different in, in such a great way, you know, honing in on uh, personal injury attorneys in that entire space. And for us, we decided to focus on the geofencing marketing and programmatic display space specifically. I mean, we're still do a ton of omni-channel advertising and sort of supports it. But when our go-to-market strategy was and has been geofencing advertising. And so, you know, a ton of content, a ton of just kind of being out there, being a thought leader, um, that's really kind of, you know, allowed us to grow the way that we have. And that's, that's really been our path thus far. I don't take the guests that I have on the show lightly. Justin is incredible. I've known him for, geez, maybe five years. And they do a tremendous job on the omni-channel marketing and just know how to market a business. So what is geofencing? What is it? So geofencing marketing is the practice of targeting people in very, very precise areas. I mean, all the way down to the contours of the building. So if you can imagine with marketing, a lot of times, you know, you may target a zip code, you may target an entire city or a state, but, you know, not everybody in that city or that state got into, a, got into an accident effectively. 
in most cases, right? <laughs> but with geofencing, we can target individuals all the way down to the contours of an individual building. So if we wanted to target individuals that went to an ER center, let's call it a towing location, a collision center, for example, those are real life cases where we can actually draw a virtual fence around that location and serve ads to the people at that individual location, essentially. So now you're reducing your, your waste, you're reducing the, the impressions that would have been allocated to people that you didn't intend to target to begin with. And the one thing that I tell a lot of folks with geofencing is that it's, it is different from Google Ads and, and SEO. You know, Google Ads and SEO is sort of the, the, the holy grail uh, when it comes to reaching people who are in market, you know, truck accident attorney, you know, accident attorneys near me. I mean, that's like someone like, I need you now type of thing. Whereas with geofencing, we're leveraging your location as giving us some insights into your intent to buy. Meaning if you went to a towing location, you know, we're, we're expecting there might be a, a chance that you may have gotten to a really bad car accident, or if you went to a collision center, or if you went to an ER, um, we'll talk about the strategy of, you know, one versus the other, but that's really the comparison. And that's how I define uh, geofencing advertising, geofencing marketing. Yeah, that's super smart. I know you're Atlanta and you'll get a kick out of this. And my boy, Michael Mogul, probably if he's listening, what we did was we dropped radio ads on a uh, sports radio around the time of his crisp conference. And we were also going to combo that with geofencing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I know about Chris. Yes, yes. That will, I mean, that's, I mean, but that's, that's exactly the point with geofencing. Like if you know that you're all your, your audience is going to be at this location, then shoot fence, boom, right. you know, and everything else that you're doing to kind of feed the beast, you know, feed them into your overall marketing funnel. So no, nah, super smart, super, super smart. What are yeah. we talking about in, a cost per impression? Is it cost per click? Like kind of yeah. how is it structured? What yeah. kind of budgets are we looking at? It's this whole world of call it display advertising, right? So if you think about, it's not Google display, but I know most people know Google display. So I'm just going to say Google display, but it's really called programmatic display. Programmatic display, the formal definition is the buying and selling of ads in real time using automated machine learning effectively. So in this case, geofencing is leveraging your latitude longitude coordinate, knowing that, okay, this person went to that location. So the ad server is going to say, you won the bid, you are going to serve an ad to that person from their mobile device ID, essentially. That's the formal definition of programmatic display advertising. And the reason why I bring that up in many cases, it's really based on a cost per thousand impression model. It's not traditionally a, a cost per click model um, as comparison to Google ads or Google display. Even it's really more so a, a cost per click model. in, in those instances, programmatic display geofencing is the CPM model. Usually, you know, our say our CPMs range. Um, you can have some CP, CPMs that can be, you know, around six bucks. You can have some CPMs that kind of, kind of go all the way up to 14 in certain instances, just really depends on the situation. CPM model, just for those listening, it's very common, very, if you're listening and you're saying, hey, I want to sponsor a podcast. And those CPM models are typically $25 to $50 per CPM. And what you're saying is, so when I hear six to 14, I'm, that's low. 
why is it so low? Well, it's it's more of a, a supply and demand type of issue with someone who's, you know, if you're looking to sponsor a podcast, you know, there's a little bit more control over that supply and demand ratio, if you, if you will. And so you can, you know, charge a little bit more. And I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts out there. It's just like the, the, the costs have normalized to that $25 range that you mentioned. Whereas in the programmatic space, the ranges really aren't as onerous on an attorney or a brand for that nature. And so strategically, and now we're getting into like some, some good strategic stuff right now. Typically for me, if you have video content, I'm telling you leverage that video content. If you're an attorney that has done some form of TV spots, you need to leverage those for over the top connected TV advertising because you can actually leverage that with geofencing, addressable geofencing. And I'll talk about a specific strategy of what we did in that case. But if you're talking about static banner ads, those are the clickable ads that most people will see. If everyone that's out there, you take out your mobile device, you go to the Weather Channel app, you scroll down, that is an actual ad that shows up that could be essentially one of your ads effectively. Those are going to range about let's call it six to 14 bucks, right? Let's just putting that out there. There's some platforms that charge a lot more. There's some that charge a lot less depending on how much you're spending. But if you're looking to do video, pre-roll video, it's still relatively inexpensive. You're you know closer to like 15, some people charge 20 bucks. Now with OTT advertising, those are the streaming apps that are out there. Now you're closer to about 40. You know, sometimes it's a little bit more, sometimes less uh, depending on the scenario. But again, it's not an onerous spend and it's an incredible complement to a lot of the lower funnel digital strategies that you've implemented for your practice effectively. Over the top advertising or OTT includes all the banner ads that you see over streaming services like Hulu or CBS. I asked Justin to walk me through a hypothetical scenario in which a firm places a geofence around a hospital in Houston. What happens when someone who has been in a car accident enters the fenced area? Perfect. So I got into a car accident. You know, I'm hurt pretty bad. Some of my loved ones, they're coming to the hospital as well. Make certain I'm okay. My phone happens to be on me. My phone is on. Let's say you, you know, you're a you know, personal attorney. You built this virtual fence around this one hospital, let's call it. The moment that you walk inside that virtual fence, we're able to capture your mobile device ID. All phones have that mobile device ID, essentially. The moment that you walk inside that virtual fence, we are then able to start serving ads to you. Now, it's not text messages, so a lot of people misconstrue that. It's not like I'm now able to text message you or anything like that. It's more of a passive experience. So the moment that you happen to go on mobile apps and websites, that's when you're able to start seeing ads from that attorney or whomever. So if you think about Angry Birds, Words with Friends, The Weather Channel, Fox News, you know, CNN, The Daily Mail, a lot of those streaming apps and websites that are, are, that are out there, that's the moment in which we're able to begin serving ads to that user that we captured inside of that virtual fence. And we can target you both while you're inside of the fence and then for up to 30 days, sometimes even longer than that, after you have left the fence. So it's just like traditional site retargeting. For those who don't know, site retargeting is when someone comes to your website, they then leave, and then you start seeing ads everywhere. It's the same concept, but we're leveraging your location and then serving ads to you for that period of time. That's essentially the, the overall process of geofencing. That's what it looks like. Perfect explanation. If you're a personal injury attorney and you're listening and you want to do retargeting on, say, Google, 
Google has restrictions on that. It's just about so that's how you get around this. You, you can't retarget. You used to a few years in the past. You could you could even maybe slip in on ad roll. But uh, so talk to, about how that's different. A lot of the ad exchanges that we have access to are just are just provide a little bit more leniency. Now, I will say that like, like you have a Google display network and they're saying, no, we don't let any attorneys, whether it be a, a bankruptcy attorney that wants to do like display advertising or retargeting, they're a little bit more restrictive. Whereas we have access to many different ad exchanges through programmatic display in general. And so with geofencing, the restrictions just aren't there. It's not like I am geofencing an abortion clinic and I'm telling you that you can no longer have, have an abortion, that type of thing. Or you're a cancer patient and I have this cancer product, this cancer healing product, and I'm targeting you based on your prognosis. This is more so targeting someone who may have gotten into a car accident and that's it effectively. And so I, I, the reason why I bring that up is because, and, and this is really important, I really want to stress this to a lot of uh, law of attorneys, but everybody that's out there, if you are doing any form, <laughs> any form of digital or offline advertising, not even just geofencing, you have to have a site retargeting, omni-channel site retargeting strategy in play. I don't care if you are doing $500 a month, I could care less. You have to have something because if you think about all the work that you might be doing with, with Chris and his team or anybody else that's doing SEO or Google ads, site retargeting helps make all of your marketing work that much smarter. A lot of people aren't going to become a customer in that very first click moment. They're just not. And so a lot of times, 60, 90 days after the fact, in that moment, someone got into a car accident and were like, man, I didn't realize my extremities were that bad. Golly, I'm sorry, all this internal bleeding. Yo, I really need to reach out to somebody. And then at that point, they see your ad, you know, like, oh, wow, I didn't think about these guys. Let me reach out to them now. And again, it makes all of your marketing work smarter. So don't be as concerned with the Google display. There's a lot of other ad exchanges, but to, I just, you know, sometimes I just get a little passion. I really wanted to stress that, but the geofencing still allows you to do a different form of retargeting. It's just leveraging your physical location. Much like traditional marketing or billboards or TV ads, geofencing is a solid brand play. I wanted to know how geofencing is different and how it can target an ideal audience. If you think about TV and traditional radio, you're not able to really target an individual with that level of specificity like, hey, I know that if I created a strategy that targeted all of the towing locations and collision car centers and ERs, you know, within the city, you can't target those individuals with TV advertising. You got to target everybody right. <laughs> with right. TV advertising with it, which where differently with geofencing, we can actually do video OTT advertising and static banner ads to those locations, helping you build the overall funnel of individuals who could have possibly been in an accident in some capacity. I think that's a, a great explanation. For example, if I'm talking about an SEO strategy, yeah. I'm going to say, hey, if you do local service ads, you do Google ads, you do local SEO, you do organic SEO, now it's you're in there, you, they see you multiple times. I would say there, there could be a flywheel effect where you combo it with a content marketing strategy and they all kind of work together. They elevate each other. What are your suggestions? What type yeah. of investment are they looking for in a small market, in a big market? And um, 
what should just be their general thought process around this? We have some attorneys that will do, you know, three to 5,000 small markets. And we have some that will do closer to like 10 to 20 in some of the larger markets, um, even if they just want to kind of have a, a standard presence. So those are just some sample, just packages. And that's on a per month basis, let's call it. And the recipe for success, let's just look at it from that perspective, is that, you know, we'll do, you know, and, and one thing that I, I do want to mention to folks that, and a lot of times for us, we're, we're thinking about how are we reducing waste for any client, right? And so some people will naturally think that targeting ERs and putting all of their money towards an ER is the best option, but it's actually not the best option. Part of the reason is if you think about how many people went to that ER actually did get into a car accident, right? So like maybe a hundred, like a hundred people that went to an ER, maybe two, maybe three, yeah. possibly. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the, on the flip side, if you targeted a towing location, maybe the ratio is like for every 10 people, you know, two or three. So now you're talking about closer to 30, there's less people, but it's a higher ratio. Same thing with car collision center. So you, you want to have sort of a nice mix in locations that you're targeting from that perspective. And that gets down to the campaign infrastructure and different campaigns that you create. So there's that part of it. And then we also have a a couple of clients actually where they actually get a list of folks that got into a car accident. Actually, there's like a, like, like some databases that are out there where we have this product that's called addressable household geofencing or CRM retargeting, where we're able to take someone's address city, state, and zip code. And then, you know, it's the same geofencing technology except that we are building a virtual fence around their home and then serving ads to those individuals during that period of time uh, as well. And so between that potential combination of geofencing and addressable geofencing and also slapping like another $500,000 a month towards sort of omni-channel site retargeting, whether it be some Facebook and Instagram retargeting as well as programmatic site retargeting, I think that's a pretty good recipe for success. Um, And that's going to help feed the beast with all the other things as an attorney that you might be doing through SEO, Google ads, um, and your overall content strategy to, you know, really nurture the heck out of folks who, you know, are trying to just get some answers and feel like they can find somebody that they really can trust and, you know, help potentially win their case. It just seems like a really good overall strategy to complement a lot of efforts, because even if you're doing the traditional TV, well, they, they're going to, they're going to go to Google and convert typically on your website. You've touched on omni-channel marketing. What's funny is you mentioned the holy trinity of SEO, and that's actually the title of one of our previous podcast episodes. <laughs> from an ROI perspective, from a, a marketing strategy, you know, how do you see omni-channel marketing on digital? And, and some general recommendations. You've already hit on it, but I kind of want to give you a little bit more open platform here. I typically tell a lot of folks to try to focus as much on those lower funnel digital tactics from the Google ads to the SEO, to the Facebook, Instagram advertising, because there's a lot of great lookalike audiences that you can build off of that. Um, Having a sort of a real appreciation for, for that particular part of the space. Also on top of that, we'll tell certain clients to have, you know, more of an omni-channel site retargeting strategy. So when I say omni-channel, I know, you know, that's kind of like, okay, omni-channel is like Google ads and Facebook and Instagram, maybe LinkedIn, right? But then you have omni-channel site retargeting where you're reaching people across multiple digital platforms from a retargeting perspective. So as I was mentioning earlier, programmatic display, site retargeting. 
Facebook and Instagram, site retargeting. For some of our clients that might be in the B2B space or other spaces, you may have LinkedIn site retargeting. You can actually do LinkedIn site retargeting, essentially. Think of any other channels out there. You can even now do site retargeting through TikTok, even, you know, go figure. Just having a much more comprehensive game plan. And I think this is where Chris, you and I, we, you know, we we sort of connect on this concept of marketing malpractice. It's marketing malpractice to put all of your eggs in one digital basket. Just is. If you put all your eggs in one basket and it doesn't work and you're a attorney, you're like, this isn't going to work. This thing of marketing is horrible or this agency or this company is not doing the right thing. No, you know, folks need to be hit in multiple ways and everybody consumes content or gets their questions answered in different ways. Some people get those questions answered on Instagram and Facebook, and sometimes they're more comfortable to convert on a Facebook or an Instagram versus Google ads or search. So that's why for us, you know, we tell brands all the time, do not put all of your eggs in just one basket, do multiple things, but you can still be smart about it and then put more of your funds towards those lower funnel tactics. That's usually the conversation that we have with folks. And then, you know, then you, you know, you measure, you put up all your conversion tracking through your chat, through your forms, through your phone calls, you know, all of that set up, you know, multi-touch attribution, see how everything's, you know, rocking and rolling and then keep it moving and then go from there. An incredible piece of advice. And the one thing that I, I, I you know, all the big TV advertisers that don't do digital, I'm like licking my lips. I can't wait when you have a brand your click-through rates can be impacted, which in turn can help the SEO. So they, there's a lot of different right. advantages and complementary things, but Absolutely. I just have to reinforce this. And Justin, I think we've crushed it on this uh, OTT, geofencing, omni-channel yeah. marketing. What's next for Propellant Media? You know, where can people go to learn more? If you have questions, you know, if you're just trying to just consume content, just kind of learn about the space in general, go to www.propellant.media. I will forewarn you that if you go to the site, you will start seeing our ads everywhere. It's going to happen. Unfortunately, Chris, I know you've experienced that. We practice what we preach. What can I say? But we really just try to have our site be more of a resource, a learning module for a lot of folks that are out there. And so, you know, if, if there's questions, you need anything, just let us know. Omnichannel marketing, retargeting, and programmatic display can help your firm gain the competitive edge to win your next client. Whether you're targeting rooms within buildings or whole states, geofencing will increase exposure to the right audience and reduce ad spend waste. I'd like to thank Justin Croxton from Pellet Media for sharing his story with us, and I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing. Mm-hmm.